0: every team every topic everywhere this is believe old time big 10 football touchdown Purdue we just got to go hard
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome into another edition of the Behind the Rails of Purdue Football podcast on the Believe Network. I'm your host, Bryce Vance. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. Um, this episode, as you can see from the title, is going to be a little bit different. Um, it's not just going to be a preview or a recap, as we've already recapped the Wisconsin game last Friday, and then uh, we are yet to have previewed the Illinois game, which is coming up later this week, and we'll still do a preview. Um, We're going to preview the game in depth, just like we always do, and we'll have that episode out bright and early Thursday morning for you guys. Um, But since we had such a long gap in between recordings, I wanted to kind of just get an update or an outsider's perspective on Purdue and on the Big Ten as a whole. Um, So I reached out to someone else in the Believe Network, and if you're not already listening to their show, you should. It's uh it's Jeff Thurn from the Big Ten show on the Believe Network. Him and Adam Adam Carricker do a great job of you know looking at the Big Ten as a whole. Um you can catch their show on the big on the Believe Network. So uh, make sure you guys are checking them out. If you are not only a Purdue fan, but a Big Ten fan as well and want more than just Purdue football here on the Believe Network. Make sure you go check their show out as well. So we'll have Jeff Thurn coming up here in just a second. But before we get into that, I wanted to tell you guys that since you guys have been tuning into the show, subscribing, rating, reviewing, um we have a sponsor, and we have a sponsor on the show, and it's Bet online. So they believe in what we're doing just because you guys are believing in what we're doing, and we're growing the show and we're making it more popular, and it's all thanks to you guys, but it's also thanks to Bet online. And bet online is your number one information source for all your sports, wagering info, up to the minute stats, news, scores, matchup breakdowns. Get the latest odds, spreads, totals from the NFL to college football at your fingertips with bet online's real time updates on statistics, news, and odds from week one all the way to the end of the season to the college football playoff and Super Bowl. Bet online gives you access to the best. Football promotions and contests available anywhere. All you have to do is head to the website today and, or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Remember to use promo code believe that is B L E A V believe to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. So, thank you to those guys. They are making sure that what we give you here on the behind the rails of Purdue football podcast is totally free. Cost you nothing. Thanks to this sponsor. And uh, make sure you are hitting that subscribe, like the video, give your comments. I love the people that are commenting on the videos as well. And, and giving feedback um, been able to go back and forth with some of those commenters on there. So it's been, it's been a whole lot of fun getting to see the perspective of the fan um, and then going back and forth with a couple of you guys in a positive manner. Some of those negative feedbacks are not you no know, criticisms. Um, may don't address, and mostly those are Fresno State fans or Syracuse fans. So, but uh, oh, we welcome them all. We welcome all all the viewers and listeners here. So make sure you are subscribing, following uh, wherever you are listening or watching to the podcast here on the Believe Network. So I appreciate you guys for for tuning in. And uh, and thanks again for doing so. So, without further ado, from the Big Ten Show on the Believe Network, here's Jeff Thurn. All right, now we welcome in first guest ever here on the Behind the Rails podcast. We have Jeff Thern from the Big Big Ten Show on the Believe Network. Thanks for joining me here today, Jeff.
0: Hey man, pleasure to be with you guys. Uh, Certainly, it's been an interesting start to the Big Ten football season, and uh, we we got a lot of ways to go. So, uh, been fun so far, man, but plenty more down the road.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I wanna I wanted to bring you on to talk Big Ten as a whole, but I also wanted to get your thoughts on Purdue here, as we are a Purdue-centric show. So, first, you know, thoughts on the Boilermakers as they are uh, four games into this season. You know, what are your positive takeaways and what are some of your negative takeaways from Purdue so far?
0: Well, I can say one of the positives is there's still more games to be played. When you sit at one and three, you know, there's there's still improvement to be made. And when you go from one coach to the next, it's it's not just an easy transition. Sometimes you hit lightning in a bottle and you just take off like Mel Tucker in Michigan State. But then you come back to life like the Spartans have the last couple of years. Sometimes it takes a couple of years to get your guys in there. And I think with Purdue having the success offensively a year ago, you thought, all right, maybe we're going to be able to sort of build off of the offense, but we're bringing in a guy in Ryan Walters who had a stout defense at Illinois. Didn't hurt that he had some really good NFL talent on that defense as well. But you know, you watch the way that this defense has played to start the year, especially against Wisconsin, man, they got manhandled in that game. The, The physicality part of what Ryan Walters was all about at Illinois, I just thought was lacking against the Badgers and, You know, you start to look at some of those non-conference games, uh, the losses that you have there, and you circle them and go, dang, man, we have some winnable games maybe in the future against Northwestern, against Indiana, Um, who knows what happens with Nebraska, and you're trying to get to that number six to get to the Bulls. And so I think you look ahead at the schedule, it's going to be tough to get to six when you sit with just one win, and I think it's going to be more about let's build this thing the right way Um, Ryan Walters is a guy that's, I think a year younger than me. I think he's 37 years old. And so if he wants to get that next job that comes after Purdue, it seemingly usually is a a stepping stone to somewhere else. You have to, to build it the right way. So the next AD is going to be like, all right, uh, I like what you're doing. And and we're going to, we're going to sign you on for a lot more money at a more high profile job. The defense is going to be key. And then I think just, you know, um, trying to figure out ways to, At a school, as you know, you coach them up more than you recruit five stars, right? So obviously it's going to be about how he has a great coaching staff developing these young players in the system that they want. So I I would say it's tough to grab a lot of positives from the start that they have, although there are a lot more games to sort of figure it out. And I don't think anybody realistically thought, okay, Purdue makes the Big Ten title game a year ago, they get a new head coach and they're going to find themselves in that same spot next year. The problem becomes, as you know, the Big Ten West is going to go away, and they're going to take the top two teams. And so, like for Iowa this year, you know, it was a chance maybe to get back to a Big Ten title game. I, it's going to be very hard to do that in the future. It's going to be very hard for Purdue to 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 crack that top two. So, you know, you have to have different you know goals if you're if you're the Boilermakers. And I think this year is going to be about establishing what are realistic goals for for Coach Walters moving forward.
1: Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. You know, you mentioned, you know, having measured expectations with the conference, you know, adding those four teams from the West Coast, and it's going to be very challenging uh, for Purdue, uh, the likes of Iowa, like you said, even like a Minnesota type, you know, all those teams that, you know, have kind of been around that six to nine win mark uh, for, you know, it feels like the last 10 years or, or even longer are going to struggle to get to you know, what, what it's going to take to to challenge the likes of the Michigans and Ohio States. And then you add in USC and, and Washington and Oregon to that mix is going to be definitely a lot more challenging. Um, and I definitely you know want to get into uh, the Big Ten West kind of as a whole. But just just one more question here on on Purdue did when a lot of people were coming into this season and you kind of touched on it a little bit, you know, it was going to be somewhat of, of a rebuild um, with the bringing in the new coaching staff, but I I was a little bit more optimistic, um, thinking that, you know, they could make a bowl this year just based on the schedule and and the talent that they at least brought in, um, for, for this coming season. Did, did you, do you think that we are now realizing that they have a little bit further to go, um, as far as a rebuild? Is it more of, of, of a tearing it down, not all the way down to the studs, but it's, it's going to be a little bit more of a significant rebuild than what we thought.
0: Yeah, I think maybe you know you, you change those expectations on the fly because I would have agreed with you. I would have thought you know, they're not going to make the Big Ten title game again, but this this team can you know figure out six wins when you're playing the likes of Syracuse and Fresno State and um you know Virginia Tech, which they ended up winning. Uh, you got that that tough one there against Wisconsin to get into some Big Ten action, but you do have Northwestern and Indiana on your schedule. And any Big Ten team that looks on their schedule and goes, I got Indiana and Northwestern. On my schedule, you got to feel good that you have a chance to pick up two dubs there. Nebraska still has, I mean, listen, they've won two t- two times in the last two weeks against Northern Illinois and Louisiana Tech. That's on Purdue's schedule moving forward. Minnesota just blew a huge lead in the final eight minutes of a game to Northwestern, and I know I'm saying, well, you can beat Northwestern. That may mean you can beat Minnesota too, right? Like Minnesota's trying to figure out their offense as they navigate this season too. So. I think the one in three start is so crappy for a new head coach to try to go, all right, the building blocks are there. We're going to do something soon. But also when you have the games in front of you and even a five win season, when you're, you feel like maybe you're rebuilding the whole thing, is it, you know, a catastrophe? It it could be way worse, but I think you got to get to five to really feel like this thing is heading in the right direction year one.
1: Yeah. And, and I think, you know, I even had some people messaging me after the, the Wisconsin game, you know, changing how we're going to have to measure this team going forward. It might not be so, you know, just within the win column, it might be, you know, we don't have as many penalties. We don't turn the ball over as much as we have in the last two weeks. I mean, I think it's six, combined six turnovers, and it could have been more with how many times they fumbled the ball away against Syracuse. that just ended up getting back into their own hands. Um, you just have to feel like you have to measure this team in in a different way than than just in in the win column. for for more on on the west, I mean, obviously, it feels like Purdue can be competitive in just about every game that they play against the west. They still they have obviously Michigan and Ohio state on their schedule. and, and I don't know if they'll be really competitive in those games whatsoever, but it feels like with the rest of the big Ten west um, and they have Illinois this week and then Iowa the week after, It still feels like Purdue can be um, competitive in those games, and they feel like 50-50 games at this point.
0: You bring up Illinois. I mean, Ryan knows that team as well as anybody, and so you go into this one with a a defense that has been struggling so far. Uh, They're in Champaign. It doesn't look the same, and as I mentioned, they lost some top-tier talent to the National Football League, but I think Illinois is one of those teams that, you could also circle and say it, it feels like it could be a coin flip for us, but I I don't know that anybody's going to actually win the West other than Wisconsin or Iowa. Like, I, I, I've i watched Minnesota multiple times this year. I've seen Nebraska multiple times this year. I've caught a little bit of Northwestern. You look at the roster, and it's shocking that they beat Minnesota and the way Minnesota collapsed in the second half last week. I I, I just don't think that they – are going to be consistent enough to find themselves winning the west so i think it's a two-team race there and i don't feel like because purdue isn't in that that realm that they should be like oh we're absolutely terrible i mean you're you're in a group of four or five other schools that are trying to figure out sort of um you know what they're going to be moving forward in a much different big ten and i think right now on the fly whether it's you could circle illinois you could circle nebraska purdue whoever in the west And say, listen, man, things just went from hard to harder as we add USC, as we add UCLA, as we add the likes of Oregon and Washington. You you, got to understand it's going to have to take a monumental leap for you to be in the conversation of the top two uh, moving forward. So, yeah, I I just think it's going to be with realignment comes new expectations for certain programs. And I would I would circle all those as trying to figure out what are realistic expectations in a new Big Ten. (laughs)
1: Since Purdue plays Illinois uh this weekend, what have you seen from the illini that um you know should make Purdue fans, you know, feel somewhat optimistic that they can um welcome them in and, and leave them um with a with a victor?
0: Well their defense hasn't been as good, number one. And I, I think you you've you gotta feel good that the odds makers like your chances. I mean, they've installed Purdue as a one point favorite in this game. Now ESPN's analytics feel a little bit differently, 53% chance that Illinois wins this contest. Uh, you know yards allowed for both of these teams is very similar they're allowing over 400 yards per game so I I have a feeling like this could be a shootout and typically Illinois is in a team that you talk about having high profile offenses I just think that there's going to be a chance here because the defenses have been so bad for them to both score the football I think you mentioned it earlier with the Wisconsin game and even against Syracuse that the turnovers were a big part of that. Wisconsin's defense got really going there, and they were forcing turnovers. But I think it's going to be about turnovers in this game. When two teams give up over 400 yards, it's it's which team gives up uh, the the least amount of turnovers is what I think ultimately is the determining factor here as we get towards the game uh, uh, coming up on Saturday. And and I also think too with this, you know, Illinois on the flip side of things, they got to find their identity too. I know they're two and two, but man, this doesn't look at all like the same team that got off to that hot start. In 2022, so you know you find a team that's maybe licking their wounds a little bit too. I used to be a shootout man. I uh I don't remember what the uh the over under is 53 and a half. So um the odds makers are expecting a close game and a shootout. Installing Purdue as a one point favorite, and I think that's what we're gonna get.
1: Yeah, I, I just don't know where uh, you you talk about Illinois trying to find their identity, and and, and, and Purdue knows what they want to be, but I just don't think they've found it yet. They want to be that air raid you know type offense that's throwing the ball deep downfield and they really haven't had a whole lot to to speak of you know they've had a couple of shots to Deion burks and, and tj sheffield but it's it's really been limited and and so's their, their rushing attack um outside of you know a couple of decent performances um from tracy and and mockaby who who really was kind of uh nowhere to be found last week against wisconsin so um is there anybody in the big 10 West that can compete with the top three
0: on the, on the Eastern side. So I've said this all year and you may think I need to be drug tested and that's fine. Uh, But I I know, I know they can't score any points, but I, I think it's Iowa's defense that can slow down the likes of an Ohio state a Michigan or a Penn state. If, the ball is bouncing their way. I mean, last week it was atrocious. You could go, well, what are you talking about? Penn state just molly them all over the field. It's sure. true. But I think Penn state is the best team in the big 10. Um, I, I think Michigan deserves to sit at that top spot in our power rankings, which we do each week because nobody's knocked them off the mantle from winning it a year ago. But if you were to tell me neutral site, council bluffs, Iowa, middle of the country, these two teams are playing Penn state and Michigan. I'm going to take Penn state over Michigan. I think, I think, um, they do enough on both sides of the ball that they could neutralize some of the great things that Blake Corum does, that that, that offense does, that their quarterback does at Michigan. Um, I, I do not find myself convinced that Ohio State is the same Ohio State that we've seen the last couple of years. They only scored, and I, and I know Notre Dame's defense is solid, but they only scored 17 points in the last touchdown game at the end of the game with one second left. That's not the same offense that we've seen in the past. And I don't know what's going wrong with that passing game, but it just doesn't feel the same. And their highest output came against a you know, a subpar team two weeks ago. So I, I would say Iowa's defense in the right spot could slow them down, and you know, you, you would have to have the game of, of the Hawkeye's life to pull that off. I would say Wisconsin is the other one, but I still we talk about identity. I'm trying to figure out what this is really gonna look like with Luke Fickle from an offensive standpoint. He walks into the to the To the program with a bunch of players that were recruited for a different style offense than what he runs. Now they've done a really good job, I think, sort of mixing and matching some of that personnel to kind of fit what is maybe a hybrid of what Luke Fickle's offense will look like moving forward. You guys saw that defense though when they start clicking, man, they they always figure out ways to turn the football over. So I would probably say Iowa, and I'm going to hold on to that until Iowa loses a second or a third game, and Baby Ferrance is fired as the OC, and that thing's a complete dumpster fire. But I, I think at this point those would be the two teams that I'd say in the right situation could slow down. I mean, even last year, did anybody think Purdue was going to hang as long as they did in the Big Ten title game? If they had any defense in that game, it might have come down to the final possession, right? Like they, they they played a really good game against a tough opponent. But I, I just think at this point, um, it's probably going to be one of those teams from the East that represents the the, the Big Ten championship.
1: Yeah, I, I think I probably know your answer here to my last question. You know it, who? who has looked the most impressive so far in the east is it penn state
0: i think penn state has looked the most impressive but that doesn't i mean we're talking about kind of a a very slim difference between the two and i think the fact that and i know i know you you're involved in the coaching staff and the you're involved in the game plan but you can't be there on saturdays i think coach harbaugh's absence like there's some bravado to him being on the sideline there's some confidence to that. His his, his vision for what a game should look like is what has helped them climb this mountaintop and get to the top and be the team that people are trying to knock off. So I think him coming back was a breath of fresh air for the Wolverines. And I think that's going to be, you know, for a great team, it doesn't affect them maybe as much as a subpar team. But I think that's an added boost that they certainly are going to love. And they have a chip on their shoulder, even though externally we may all think that what happened at Michigan was minute compared to what some of the bigger problems are that the NCAA has to deal with. It still costs their coach multiple games on the sideline. And I think the players are going to have some sort of chip on their shoulder. And there's people like me that don't believe they're as good as Penn State, yet Michigan's the team that's sitting there atop the Big Ten from a year ago. I, I would say Penn State has done everything I thought they would and more. Drew Aller's played great at quarterback. Uh, I think he's only going to improve as the season goes on. And I really believe that sometimes. When you when you get Ohio State and you get Michigan in the regular season versus having to play them maybe in a Big Ten title game like the teams from the West have to do, um, there's there's a little bit more wonky stuff, I think, that happens in the regular season, than conference championship games, for whatever reason. And so if Penn State can get through those two, I mean, listen, if Penn State loses one of those games and then runs the table the rest of the way, they may still be in that college football playoff conversation just depending on how everything else shakes out. And I think this is the best team James Franklin has had so far with the Nittany Lions, and that's why I would say it's probably Penn State that I think is the best team.
1: Yeah, I think a lot of the people before the season, if if one conference was going to get two win, obviously it's it's everybody always thinks the SEC, but I, it feels like more and more, even if you know, like you mentioned, Penn State gets one loss um, or Ohio State gets one loss along the way after they you know escape South Bend with a victory this weekend, this past weekend. It feels it feels like that there's still a possibility that there are uh that the Big 10 does get two into the college football playoff. Obviously everything else has to to fall into place for that to happen as well.
0: Yeah, no doubt, man. And I think if we were actually to an expanded playoff, I think you'd be talking about all three of those teams having a spot in the college football playoff with Penn State, Ohio State, and Michigan. And then, you know, who would ever think that the Big 10 West team, you know, I know we're not going to be in that scenario, but they were to win like say some random team wins, and these were the three teams that were below them. I think I'd take those three teams over a lot of what I've seen from the SEC or the other Power Five conferences, too. The Big Ten East is really loaded this year, and it's usually loaded with Ohio State and Michigan and then occasionally Penn State. But I think those three teams are are right at the top of not only the, the Big Ten, but the entire country as
1: well. He's the co-host of the Big Ten Show on the Believe Network. He's Jeff Thurn. Thank you so much for joining me.
0: Hey, man, anytime, hit us up. We appreciate it. Uh, you guys do great work, and the Believe Podcast Network is awesome. Check out all the shows. I'll give them a shameless plug as well. Check us out on the Big Ten Show. Man, we have a lot of fun Me and Adam character. Thanks for letting us come on today, man. I appreciate it.
1: All righty. Thank you. Thanks again to Jeff Thurn of the Big Ten Show on the Believe Network for joining me here on this edition of the Behind the Rails of Purdue Football Podcast on the Believe Network. Now, we still will have a preview show of uh, the Illinois game coming up this week. Um, it'll come out on Thursday, uh, Thursday morning, as usual. Make sure you are subscribed. Make sure you follow the, the show, whether it's on Spotify, Apple Podcast, or watching right here on the YouTube channel as well. You can give me a follow on social media, on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook as well. Just search Bryce Vance and I should be the first one to pop up there. I don't know how many Bryce fans there are actually out there in the world, even though it's hard for me to sometimes find uh, the Twitter handle that or the handle on any social media that I don't have to use an underscore dash or whatever, but what have you. Um, It's all right. I I, I'm getting by. I think we're all, we're all getting by in that aspect. So um, until Thursday, thank you guys so much for tuning in to this week, um, uh, this podcast, excuse me, and uh, make sure you guys stay tuned coming up later this week as we prepare for the Illinois game coming up on Saturday. So until then, this has been another edition of the behind the rails of Purdue football podcast on the believe network. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'll see you guys on Thursday. Thank you for listening
0: to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform.